Hey everybody, welcome back to the Winners Win Podcast. This is your host, Eddie Huser. This is episode three. We have a jam-packed episode for you. We're going to talk about a life tip and kind of build off some of the stuff we discussed last week. We will discuss the rise and fall of, of one Carson Wentz. And then we will look at the NFL playoff picture here as we move forward towards the weekend. We'll discuss the Eagles' chances. And then I will give you my pick of the week. To get started... I think just building on last week and being mindful and trying to be more positive, I think one of the other things that I've, I've written down for 2022 to try to work on is to tell the truth. And I know that seems simple, but I think when you start paying attention to what you're saying on a daily basis, you'll quickly find that it is very rare that you tell the truth. It's very hard to tell the truth. You have to ask yourself, well, what does that mean? And I like to kind of equate it to something that that Jordan Peterson talks about, which is don't lie. Don't say things that make you weak. Don't say things that you know are not true to you. Don't say things that go against your conscience. You know, I think a lot about conscience. What is conscience? Where does that come from? Where does that voice come from internally that tells you the difference between right and wrong? That's in every human being. Where does that come from? I wonder, maybe that's the answer. Maybe following your conscience is the answer. Not going along with the crowd, not going along with whatever's popular, but listening to your internal voice and following that. If you do that for three years, who knows where you end up? But we're so caught up in being right and not being wrong, we have to always be so right that I think a lot of times we don't want to say anything against the crowd or the or the whatever the narrative is. The, we kind of don't have confidence or we second guess if someone else is telling us something different. If we can just learn to tell the truth as we know it, Really think about it before we speak. Not be scared to offend people. Not be scared to be wrong. That's a great goal. I don't think you'll you'll know how to do that or learn how to do that. I think I think it's a it's a constant work in progress. But until you start to pay attention to what you're saying, you start to really think before you speak. Have some humility. You know, when you're wrong, say you're wrong. How many, how many times do are we wrong and then we double down and triple down on that thing when it becomes obvious that it's not correct? And there's no safe path. You know, if you don't tell the truth, if you just go along with the crowd, that comes back to haunt you too. When you go against your conscience, that'll keep you up at night. And to me, there, there's nothing worse than doing something that you didn't want to do or doing something that you knew was a lie or telling a lie, telling something that you know isn't true. And then as time goes on, what you knew internally is proven to be right. That eats at you, man. If we could just tell the truth, at least try to tell the truth, admit when we're wrong, I think, I think we'll all be a lot better off as we, as we get into this new year. And 
to transition it into sports, which is which is what I like to do. The rise and fall of Carson Wentz. There, there's nobody that likes to talk about this topic more than me. Anyone that knows me knows that that I've been on this topic for four years, five years, really his whole career. It's relevant today because of what happened this weekend. It's just amazing to kind of it's it's really fascinating to watch media, local Philadelphia sports media, national media, the fans have revisionist history kind of just totally change their narrative without acknowledging anything from the past. And so let me let me just break it down for you. So, you know, Eagles draft Carson Wentz in 2016, number two overall pick, traded a lot to get him, had a, had a good pro day, good combine, big, strong kid, seemed like he, he checked a lot of boxes, shows a lot of promise, 2017, they jump out of the gate and they're just they're just blasting everybody. The one question I had was, you know, again, as we talk as we kind of look back to what we talked about last week and being emotional and letting our emotions kind of get a reaction out of us. You know, they were winning football games and he's a high pick. So, everybody kind of just jumps on the narrative that this is the guy we have our guy. This is the next. This is the quarterback for the next ten years. I, I would. I would say that the majority of people. It was hard to find someone that didn't agree with that. You know, one question I, that I asked was, "All right, he, he seems to have a lot of intangibles. There's a few questions that remain unanswered, and you didn't really get to see it in the first two years because they, well, the, the Super Bowl year they always played from ahead." 2016, he was a rookie and, you know, they weren't really that good. But I just always asked, what is this guy going to do when he's down by 10 in the fourth quarter? And if you gave him the ball with two minutes, can he go score? So how does he act when he's losing? And how is he in important moments when you need him? And you didn't see it. You didn't have to see it much in 2017. Because if you remember, they were blowing everybody out. I mean, they were a lot better than everybody. If you remember, Bill Belichick in the mic'd up before the Super Bowl tells Doug Peterson, I can't find a game where you guys were behind. They, they played a little bit of front runner, and they, and they deserved that. And look, he played great. He played great. But the moment to me where I learned that this guy doesn't have what it takes, this guy is a loser, he doesn't hate to lose, he's totally okay with it. When the lights are on, he shies away was that Super Bowl year, they go to Seattle. I believe it was a Monday night, and he's terrible. Tough place to play, tough team. He's terrible. Fumbles on the goal line. I think he fumbled a couple times. But there were moments in that game that I said, man, this this is worrisome. There's a moment where it's a tough, you know, it's a close game for a while, I think. And... Michael Bennett, the defensive end for Seattle, gets is in his face, kind of gets in his face, and he totally backs down. I remember he walks to the sideline with his head down. And I'm like, man, that that's telling. They lose the game. Fine. He didn't play good. Next day, he's on Instagram posting a picture of Russell Wilson 
saying how honored he was to play against Russell Wilson, how great Russell Wilson is. Now that's fine. The next day, though, so these are these are things you pick up on. Hey, did that loss bother him? Is he looking in the mirror how he's going to get better, or is he just, you know, happy with, hey, you know, we we played hard. And so these are the things that you start noticing that separate people. I don't. I want a guy that's going to go quiet and go try to figure out what he did wrong and go get better. Okay, so fast forward, he gets hurt. They win the Super Bowl. They don't miss a beat, which I always thought was crazy. I mean, how many times do you find a, a, guy, a quarterback who's having an MVP year go down and the backup steps in and they don't miss a beat? I, I don't know that you can find many. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady go down, their season is done. They don't miss a beat. They win the Super Bowl. We can argue whether they won, would have won the Super Bowl with him. I, I argue that I don't think he could have played that game that Nick Foles played. You're in a shootout with Tom Brady. There were nobody punts. You have to score every possession. Foles made some throws in that game that I, I just don't think he could make. You know, that it's besides the point. You're never going to know the answer. So fast forward, 2018, they're, they're not good. He has a bad start. He's, he's kind of terrible. He's up and down. They get, they get beat by Dallas. He, it was a back and forth. They lose. I remember he goes on Twitter. Now, Dallas. I mean, that have some awareness of, hey, this is Dallas. This is a rivalry. He goes on Twitter saying how great of a year it's, it's been. And this is on and on and on. Carolina, he's winning all game. They stop scoring. He has a chance to go down and tie it or, or even win. I don't remember the score, but it was at least a tie it or win at home. Looks like he saw a ghost. He threw, he threw two balls that were absolute ducks. Walked off the field with his head down. You go to that year they play the Saints. They get blown out. I mean, every time the lights were on, every time it got tough, this guy shied away. Some people will point to the following year. The end of the year, he wins some division games that he that he had some good drives at the end. Okay, I, I look at that as anecdotal. He, he that That's not something that's going on throughout his whole career. So then... Then you fast forward to this year. But, by the way, the whole time, this narrative is, this guy's the guy. Hey, he's hurt, he's injured, he doesn't have talent, the coach stinks, he doesn't know how to call plays. But th- but nobody's on the fact that, hey, there's some concerns here. So he leaves, they pay him a ton of money, which he had no problem taking, by the way. He leaves, goes to the Colts. And, hey, as we see... The year goes on. He's not. He's not good this year. They have a great running game. He's. He's. He's not. He doesn't have a great year. But you see, yesterday or Sunday, I'm sorry. They need a game to get in. Here he is playing a two and fourteen team on the road, and just as horrible, turning the ball over. But then today he's posting on social media a pictures of him smiling with Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars quarterback, and. Talking about how great of a year it was, and it's like this is. And then, so what? What really gets gets me going is you have Philly media on now. The, all these guys that loved him, praised him. The next, he's the next Joe Montana. He's going to be Tom Brady. He's this. They're all saying how bad he is. The fans, they all say how bad he is. Thank God he's out of here. Thank national media. I, I hear today. On, on ESPN, guys, oh, I think the Colts should get rid of him. He, he can't perform under the lights. 
were all of you, did everyone else see this? Or now that it's become obvious, you say it because it, there's no risk. And I have to believe that's what, what the case is because I, I just don't know how you couldn't, ever, ever, there's no way everybody thought one way. Like people had to see these things years ago, but I guess it was, you know, the, the overall idea was, no, th- this guy's really good. I remember seeing Adam Kaplan from NFL Films in 2016 in Philadelphia in a bar. And I said, Adam, is this guy that good? Like, I'm trying to figure out, like, what's he really good at? Like, he's got he's got some intangibles, but, like, what's, what's like, his thing? And he looked at, at me like I was crazy. Was, yeah, he's really good. Really, really good. Again, you can be wrong. But now it's like revisionist history. Now everybody's like, no, he's not good. Everybody. No, he's not good. He Get rid of him. He's a bum. He can't play under the lights. He's not clutch. He's not. So, you know, th- th- it just goes to my point from two weeks ago. At this level, at, in the professional sports, everybody has talent. You don't get drafted without talent. But the question is, what sets these guys apart? The, the margin for error isn't big. You know, they're all talented. They all, most of them went to good schools, big-time programs. But do they hate to lose? Do they look in the mirror? Are they comfortable with two minutes left if they're losing and they have to go score? And we're so focused on what everyone else says. Just step back. What do you? What do your eyes tell you? And we've gotten so away from that. It's, oh, you know what? They say it on the news. They say it on sports radio in Philadelphia. So it must be true. Even though I don't agree with it, I'm just going to go with it and I'm going to say it. And then when the, the narrative... Look, they don't know more than you. As soon as the narrative changes and these these Mike Missinelli and these Anthony Garganos who love the guy, love the guy, thought it was crazy to ever bring up that he couldn't be the franchise quarterback. It was crazy to bring up that Nick Foles should maybe have been kept may have been a better fit here than he was. Hey, don't pay him that much money. It seems that this team performs better with Nick Foles. Well, ask yourself. Now, look back on that. Who's who's had a better NFL career? Who's been better? Look at their body of work. Who's had a better NFL career? Besides for 13 games, the majority of 13 games, that Super Bowl year, what's his career been like? He still never has played in a full playoff game. And so at what point do you just say he is what he is? You know, you, you don't always have to go with what the media and all these guys. They're not experts, believe me. They have jobs, but they don't know any more than any of us. Hear that? That's the sound of a walk-off albatross, a two on a par five to win a two-day golf tournament. That shot happened to me. One in 600 million odds. Since then, people call me Albie. Now, I've told this story so often, my friends can't take it. I'm pretty sure my wife, next time I tell her, she's going to leave me. So I decided to start a podcast to tell the entire world about it because it deserves it. It's the craziest shot you've never heard of. And guess what? There's tons more stories like this all around golf. And that's what our podcast is all about. Join me and my fellow degenerates, Panda and Shepard as we dive into them. Insane bets, crazy what-if scenarios, and all the you-had-to-be-there type moments in golf. Find us wherever you get your podcast. Did I tell you about Malbatross? So, and you see it, in, look, you see it in the NBA. You see it in the Sixers. 
look at Ben Simmons' situation. I know we talked about it, but now it's there's some story about him and Tobias Harris might be shipped together. Well, a couple years ago, Tobias Harris got paid $180 million. I don't know. I looked at Tobias Harris and I thought, eh, he's a role, he's an all right role player, but $180 million. They paid this guy like he was he was gonna help this team get to a championship. Now, do they believe that? Because that's the that's the question, right? Like, do do you really did they believe that? Or was it just, hey, let's sell this to the fan base or what? Because if you believe it, then you have to ask, like, well, wow, do you have bad instincts? And that's it, that may even be a bigger problem. But again, Ben Simmons, is he a winner? I don't know. LSU never got to, he's at LSU, they didn't even get to the tournament. Tobias Harris, is that is he a winner? I, I look at him and say, I, I, I could do without him. I mean, he's, he's not, he doesn't mean anything. The narrative, everybody jumps on the narrative. I mean, remember, remember two years ago when the Sixers lost Jimmy Butler and J.J. Redick and got Josh Richardson and Al Horford and the, and the story was they're going to be so much better? And I remember thinking, wait a minute, how do you lose those two and get those two and you get better? I don't, I don't understand it. How? But we're not looking at the right metrics. We're not looking at, we're not looking at the stuff that, that makes them stand out. Is this guy a winner? Carson Wentz is a great example. You know, I, I just think Ben Simmons, all these guys, especially in Philadelphia right now, they're just great examples to look forward and say from now on, hey, I don't care what everyone else is telling me. Let me look at this with my own eyes. What, what is this guy? Let me not jump to judgment right away. Let me sit back and say, well, what's he do in the moments that matter? How does he respond in the tough moments? Just in like in life, right? You don't know about any anybody in life until they're challenged, until they face some adversity. You know, T- Teddy Atlas, the, one of the great boxing trainers, I, I love. A, he he always says, "You're not a doctor. I don't care if you have a degree until something happens in the operating room that you weren't expecting, and you have to respond to it. You're not a lawyer until you're in the courtroom and something goes wrong, and you have to you have to adapt and respond." You're not, you don't know about friends or relationships or spouses or what until it gets tough and then you see, and then you have to, you know, see the true colors. When things are good, it's easy. So that's how we need to judge athletes. Yeah, he's got a great arm, fast, strong. He's got all this great stuff. He's the guy. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I, I'm in. Hey, I'm, I'm halfway there. Let me see what happens when it goes bad. I want to see him down 21 nothing. Let me look at him in the eyes on the sideline. Let me see what he's doing. Is he, is he getting his teammates around him? Is he trying to figure it out? Does he have his head down? Does he look like he wants to come back on the field? Or does he look like he wants to go crawl in a hole? When he loses 45 nothing, what's he doing the next day? Is he on social media? Talking about how great of a game it was? I just heard Joe Barrow, right? Winner. I mean, look, no matter what happens this weekend, winner. Quarterback for the Bengals. College career, ultimate winner. He deletes social media. He goes, I don't want any distractions. I like that. So these are some boxes we got to start looking at with our athletes. You know, it's it's not just about the talent. You know, Tom Brady, he was not born with natural talent. What do you think separate? Why do you think he has seven Super Bowls? Talent? Because of what he was born with? 
Yeah, he has some. He has talent. But was it was that natural talent or is that work? Hate to lose. Eats at him. Keeps him up at night. He always says he his losses bother him more than he enjoys his wins. Remember Ray Lewis used to get in his face. He gets right back in his face. I mean, that, that's competitive spirit. We, we, we got to stop getting caught up in what everyone else is saying. I think if, if and nothing else in the last few years, we should realize nobody knows anything. Nobody knows what they're talking about. The narrative changes weekly. So stick to what's true to you. Stick to what you see, what your conscience is telling you. And put it out there. Say it. And, and, and defend it. And if you're wrong, say you're wrong. I, I wouldn't let anyone else influence you. Just to close up a few things here, I think we'll look ahead to the NFL playoff picture. It's funny, you know, I'll, talk, I'll start with the Eagles. I said before I knew the matchups, and people will probably call me crazy, I thought their best matchup was Tampa. I don't like them against Dallas at all. I just don't like that matchup. I don't like them against the Rams. And, and, and make no mistake, I, I don't mean by that that they're going to beat Tampa. I'm just saying out of the three, I thought this was their best chance. I think Tampa's defense has been maybe average at best. They're coming off a Super Bowl. That's always tough to repeat. Florida, a little bit more laxed atmosphere than it would be maybe in Dallas or at the Rams. I think they're vulnerable. There's been some controversies around them, but... You know the, the the issue is you got to go against the best ever, and he's never he's never easy to go against. And I think if the Eagles can control the clock, if the Eagles can control the time of possession, and I mean I mean really win it. I don't mean by a minute. If they can run the ball, they can keep him on the sideline. I think you know you hang around in the fourth quarter, you might have a puncher's chance. They have nothing to lose. I don't. I can't imagine anyone really expects them to win. No one expected them to be here. They're playing with house money. They go out and have fun. I, I don't love our defense. I haven't loved them all year. They've gotten a little better. We're not good against good quarterbacks. He gets the ball out quick. So I have to imagine if we don't really dominate the time of possession, we're probably going to have to score at least 30. Can we do that on the road? I don't know. There's a lot of unknowns. First-year coach... First year for when, uh, I'm sorry, Hurts to play the whole year. But I, I, I think, you know, I think as a fan, you can really sit back. You want to win the game, but you can sit back and say, hey, this is interesting. We're putting we're putting Hurts on the road and Sirianni on the road against the champs. Let's see how they are. I mean, you might learn some things. Take some positives out of it. But I do think it's their best matchup. What's going to come of that, I don't know. But I, I do think they got the best, they drew the best hand that they could of the three. To me, it would be keep an eye on time of possession at the end of this thing. And can the Eagles get off the field on third down? And by doing that, you're going to have to get pressure. Because the, the teams that beat Tom Brady get to him. And that it's not easy to do. But I think I think if you look at those things, and you know, obviously turnovers, and we don't turn the ball over, I think I think in the fourth quarter, I think you could be you could be in the game. You can't get behind early. If you get behind 10, 14, nothing like we have been, I, I think it's done. I think you know you don't beat, you don't come back on teams like that. So if they can hang in there. They don't turn the ball over. They get off the field on third downs, and they control the clock. Really control the clock. I think in the fourth quarter you'll have a puncher's chance, and, that, and that's all you can ask for. 
I think some of these other games, there's some really interesting games. I mean, just in the NFC, 49ers at Dallas. That's actually going to be my pick of the week, to be honest with you. I like the 49ers plus the three. I'm going back with them. I think they can win the game. I, I, if I'm Dallas, I hate drawing them first. I think they're they're better than their record. They're tough. They have some talent. Garoppolo, he can go down and win you a game. We saw that last week. He's been to a Super Bowl. They think they can win. The year that Dallas had, that you know, that is not a good draw for them. Not going to be an easy game, but I think 49ers plus three, they can win the game. I would take the 49ers. You look at Cardinals-Rams, I don't have a great feel on that game. Division game, um, Rams beat them recently, I think, in, in, in Arizona. That, that's a tough game. I think just watch to see what the quarterbacks do. I mean, we have not seen Stafford in a ton of playoff games in his career. Kyler Murray, again, I don't know. They've been so hard to figure out. I probably would like, I probably think that the Rams would win that game, but um, tough, tough, tough game. So I think Steelers, Chiefs, I just don't think the Steelers are going to score enough. But Ben, he is a winner. You have to respect him. You know, if, if somehow Steelers' defense steps up, you know, who knows? But I, I just don't think they'll score enough. I think the Chiefs just have too much offensive firepower. You look at the uh, Bills, Patriots, tough game. Tough, tough game in Buffalo. They played twice this year. I think in order for New England to win, their defense is going to have to play really good, and Mac's going to have to make some big-time throws. They're not going to be able to just run the ball to victory. And then the other game, Bengals-Raiders. You know, Bengals are a team all year. I can't figure this team out. Some weeks they look great. Some weeks they look bad. Joe Barrow can score it with the best of them. But you know what? Raiders have been through some adversity. They've overcome it. Don't be shocked if the Raiders cover that. I think it's six and a half. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they cover that. So I would say... You know, keep an eye on the Raiders, keeping that game close. Maybe they could pull it out. But again, my pick is San Francisco. So it should be interesting. A lot of really great games. And I will see you all back here next week for episode four of the Winners Win podcast. So remember, tell the truth. Don't get fooled by people like Carson Wentz and Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. And make yourself some money on the 49ers this week.